You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Connection podcast here. We're continuing our roundup of getting to know as many opponents as possible. And we'll be uh, chatting about University of Utah here in just a moment when they're playing San Jose State later this year. Uh, what is it? Week uh, September uh, 16th at University of Utah. But as always, I'm Jeremy Moss here leading the way. You can always find our show, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Pretty much anywhere if you find a podcast, we're there. And so subscribe, tell your friends, do all that fun stuff. Leave a good review. We'd, we'd appreciate that. Maybe with our guest today, it'll be even better. And you'll want to leave a six-star review. Is that possible, Shane? Six stars? I sure hope so. I hope so, yes. That's uh, Shane Roberts from BlockU.com. We'll talk to University of Utah. So, yeah, thanks for hopping on. And let's we're just trying to mix things up and to manage off season because we're still – we're within 100 days. So that's always nice. Yeah, that, that's kind of the – I don't know if it's the unofficial countdown to where we're getting close to the season, quote-unquote close, but, yeah, 100 days is a good start. You might as well. And then with all those – like with San Jose State and a few other schools, they're starting the week early. So August 26th, I guess, is what there's about four or five games going on. So it's always good to get an extra week to kind of ease your way into to college football before week one. Yeah, I, I, Utah starts, I think, on uh... – that that Thursday, that first Thursday, if I remember right, they've done that forever. That Thursday night game against uh, whoever they're playing, but it's usually yeah, that Thursday it's been night 10 game. Years or so, ten or twelve straight years that they've been doing Thursday night. It's still fine. You get an extra week. Uh, start earlier. That's all I'm saying. If you can start a few days earlier, the sooner the better. So, 
We're going to talk about this game. It's, again, September 16th at Ricycle Stadium, San Jose, going to Utah. So let's do this. Spring end of the couple, what, two months ago, just about for Utah, just over a month ago. We're recording this middle of May here. So let's give us, um, Shane, your big picture, like what, what was accomplished, just kind of the overview of Utah spring football. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know there's a lot, but try your best. <laughs> well, that's kind of a funny thing also. This is the first time that they've really kind of shut everybody out. Um, Utah spring football used to be really, really open, and you'd be able to go pretty much watch everything. And outside of – I think there was three media sessions that the media could go really go see. And there was a couple of scrimmages. So they kept things really close to the chest, obviously, with the change to Troy Taylor, offensive coordinator. Um, but the, you know, the, the, you know, the 50,000 foot view, I would, I mean, there's a lot of question marks around this team. I think it's probably the, the biggest thing uh, because they lost a lot of guys um, to the NFL draft, um, a lot of graduation, um, so there's there's still a lot of question marks. Namely, how does the offensive line solidify? Um, they lost pretty much everybody um, on the offensive line is now in the NFL. Um, how, who replaces Joe Williams? Which you know I think a lot of Utah fans have a pretty good idea. Um, how does Troy Williams um, respond in his second season? He had a promising first season. Um, do, do the wide receivers step up? You know, um, there, there's a lot of question marks that uh, are still unanswered. In sp- coming out of spring, just based off of we weren't able to see a lot, um, namely on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, as long as Kyle Whittingham is there, uh, it's going to be fine. Uh, the defensive line is pretty much reloading with Kylie Fitz being granted another season. Um, Lolo Lele will be back, um, and then just a whole gaggle of guys. Um, the linebacker core will be strong with a Kavika Luafatasaga. Um, as well as Cody Barton and Sioni Tautioli. Um, and then uh, you got um, Chase Hansen anchoring the back end. So the defense should be fine. There might be a few growing pains, but um, it's just one of those things to where we just don't know what we don't know yet. And that's just because the doors were closed pretty much all the spring. Yeah, that's kind of frustrating. I Well, with Utah, I guess, I've, they, yeah, they seem to always have, yeah, as long as it's not inside, anybody can show up and watch pretty much. Yeah, so it's yeah, exactly. a little, little bit of a change. But on defense, I know with Coach Winningham there, it's like you said, it's going to be perfectly fine. There shouldn't be any issues. But you have Morgan Scally getting that promotion. How mm-hmm. does that change a little bit for now being the defensive coordinator? Well, Morgan is uh, – last year he had a really good opening season. I really liked what I saw from him. He really kind of took what Kalani Sataki did and what John Pease did and kind of merged them together into a – a nice package of kind of kind of a hybrid because Coach Pease was a little bit more conservative. He liked to sit back and really drop guys into coverage and bring four. Where Kalani is kind of you know kind of bring the house and Morgan probably leans a little bit more towards Kalani. Um, he kept uh, he he kept offenses really off balance. I think really well with a lot of different kind of pressure packages. Um, but also helps when you have a guy like Marcus Williams on the back end, kind of Roman center field. So um, I'm really interested to see how he kind of progresses going into season two. Um, fortunately, he has a lot of talent up front to kind of lean on, um, where it's going to be the secondary that's going to be kind of the question mark, specifically the corners, because um, all the corners graduated moved on. Uh, pretty, Yeah, really all of them except for Booby Hobbs. Uh, so there's going to be some question marks there, but as long as they have the big guys up front, keep quarterbacks off balance. Um, the defense should be fine. 
Yeah, I'm stuck in 2016. Yeah, this is his second year. I don't know what I was thinking there. But he's been there forever. So it's like you said, Woodingham, it's not a big deal, really, for yeah. who they bring in. And it's Scally's been there for a decade or so. Uh, defense will be fine. So let's focus on the offense, even though it's less of what we anybody really knows. Let's go with the big position quarterback because they have – I was kind of surprised reading up. But you know, you had Troy Williams last year being the starter, and he I think he did okay from what I saw and tuned it in. But – I was kind of surprised. Maybe I shouldn't have been that it's going to, it could be a Tyler Huntley perhaps, or maybe even Cooper Bateman who made his way back to Utah from Alabama. I kind of thought at least early on, it was going to be Williams. And then the backup was really the battle. But now it seems like from what everybody's saying in coach Winningham, that it's anybody's job at the moment. Is that correct? Well, coach Witt says that every year. Um, yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's Troy Williams job to lose. He, he did have, um, some struggles last year, but all in all, I really like what I saw from him. He's a playmaker. He's aggressive, um, which a, a lot of Utah fans were kind of frustrated with in the Travis Wilson era. He was very conservative. Um, Troy just has the has an ability to make plays. Like if you go back and watch the USC game, um, that last second drive against USC was awesome. He had a lot of just fantastic drives. My concern last year with Troy is I felt like he was handcuffed a little bit by Aaron Roderick, the former offensive coordinator. I was a big A-Rod fan, but the problem that came from him is I don't think he was very good at second-half adjustments, at least the second half of the season. Um, the team would always come out to sound fire in that, those first five, six games, and then teams would kind of figure things out, and then he would not adjust. Um, and then that's I think that's kind of where Troy uh, Williams kind of would get a little bit handcuffed. But I'm a big fan of Troy Williams. He was a big-time recruit coming out of high school, and he showed a lot of that last year. Um, he just had some issues. Um, in terms of, you know, he had some red zone interceptions, which I would anticipate him learning, um, uh, learning to correct. Um, in terms of his backup, um, I don't think you're going to see Cooper Bateman see the field of quarterback. I know there are some Utah fans that, you know, as soon as he transferred, obviously he was a big local kid, went to Alabama. So a lot of Utah fans get enamored with, you know, the new guy. Uh, but I, I think he'll probably be third string emergency quarterback. He might, I know when he's at Bama, they're trying about at wide receiver quite a bit. Um, Tyler Huntley is a very popular name because he was um, the Gatorade all uh, the Gatorade Player of the Year out of the state of Florida, um, which Utah doesn't get very many of those kids. Um, but he's the future, in my opinion. I don't think I don't think he'll he's ready yet. When you watch him in live, quote unquote, live situations like spring game and stuff. You see a lot of the potential. He throws an awesome deep ball. He's very good with his feet. But he still has kind of those young guy, you know, happy feet in the pocket. Things are still going a little bit too quick for him. I'd like him to see some good game action this year. Um, he didn't really get to see a ton last year other than, you know, the occasional you know, wildcat-type formations and packages. I'd like to see him be able to throw a little bit more so hopefully Utah's offense can kind of come around and, they can blow out the you know the non-conference opponent so they can give him some good some good legitimate um, snaps to where he can actually throw the ball, um, but he's probably not your starter until you know 2018. Okay, so assuming it's Williams, because that's what I kind of thought as well. Reading through everything, like you'll see reading a few things, like oh Bateman had a good spring practice or a good one particular set of plays or one kind of a possession of the offense. So it's I've always felt yeah he's from Alabama, he has some talent clearly, but he just came to the program just now, so it just it seemed like he'd have to do something extraordinary 
to be to beat beat out a guy who played last year and started the whole season. So with that, you have the new offensive coordinator as well as we know Utah has been a rotating door at OC for a while, and it's been frustrating to watch them at times. So they bring in Troy Taylor from Eastern Washington. We know spring was pretty much closed, and we've seen what um, they have done. Eastern Washington, they beat Washington State. They've upset a few FBS teams. They throw the ball a lot. Is that why he's brought in? So, so we should be expecting to see when Utah plays this year with San Jose State and everybody else, they'll be throwing the ball a lot more than they have in the past? Yeah, you'll see the ball in the air quite a bit more. Um, uh, how much more uh, percentage-wise, I think that's hard to say, especially with the bolts are flying, but you, you'll probably see the ball in the air a lot more. But the big thing about him is he's a true quarterback coach, and I think that's something that Utah's been missing for quite some time, somebody that's actually played the position, that can coach the position. Um, and even Troy Williams has come out and said, you know, it's nice to have a guy that you can relate to and talk to that's been in those situations. Um, he uh, he coached Jake Browning, Washington's high school, uh, Washington's quarterback in high school. Um, he played quarterback at the University of Washington back in the 90s. Um, so he's played quarterback. He's been a quarterback. He knows uh, the whole quarterback position. So for development reasons, I, I like that a lot. Um, but in terms of kind of what his offense will be, um, just through what we were able to see, um, we saw that what really caught my eye was the the route structures by the wide receivers. Aaron Roderick was very much – he kind of went back to the same three or four routes, especially his favorite was kind of that seven-yard comeback um, that the wide receivers would run. Um, but it was either a seven-yard comeback or it was a go route, and that was about it for, uh, for A-Rod. Um, where with Troy, it, you see a lot more down the field, a lot more seams, a lot more crossing patterns, you know, things that are very similar to, I don't know, I, I would, I'd hate to compare it to somebody like a Washington State, but you, you see a lot more attacking in space, um, and then there's a lot more diversity to it as well. And you, you'll probably see a little bit more speed out of the offense as well. Um, now that's something that, you know, quarterback, uh, the Utah offensive staff has been saying for years, is you know, you're going to see more speed and speed, and then they always kind of, pull things back but um i think you'll probably see a little bit more of that you're just going to see a lot more of an aggressive offense than you have in the years past where once things kind of you know go bad they kind of shut things down i don't anticipate that happening this year because the only thing that's held utah back from winning either the division the division or even the conference um possibly is you know offensive production and um, last year it was between uh, it was in the red zone the offense was rather potent between the 20s it's once they got to the red zone that things really malfunctioned um and then hopefully that's where Troy taylor and his creativity will be able to uh, open things up and put more points on the board okay that's good to know to see what the because san jose state's defense isn't very good they have a few defensive backs but it'll be uh, interesting to see what can happen so you glossed over this before running back running back I'm assuming you're referring to Zach Moss will likely be the starter since he had some decent time when Joe Williams was out last year and her is a, what do you want to call it, retirement sort of, or him helping out <laughs> with his family and stuff, whatever. The, inter- more, the more recent story is much night better than what it was during the season. So Absolutely. Is, was, so is that, I assuming, who's going to take over majority of those first-team reps? More than likely. It also depends on where Ar- Armand Shine is and his knee recovery. He completely blew out his knee against Arizona. Um, he actually ascended to be Utah's starter um, those last couple of games before he got hurt. Um, he had 100-something yards in back-to-back games. The Moss had some really good games. So you're, you'll probably see a little bit more running back by committee. Um, Moss is extremely intriguing because he'll be a true sophomore. 
he doesn't look anything like he he's a tank um, he looks nothing <laughs> like his age um, but he's also very elusive very shifty he's very fun to watch he's very hard to bring down um, it, he was extremely impressive as a true freshman he made some bad reads which you would expect expect a freshman to do namely against the game against Cal um, he kind of he went left when he should have followed off the audit for a game-winning touchdown. So, um, but that's just youth. But he's very talented. Armand Shine is also, like I said, he's a very talented back. He was a JC transfer that they got, frankly, almost right before the season started. Very similar to Joe Williams a couple of years ago. Um, those two will kind of head the attack, uh, depending on when Shine will get back from his knee injury. And then another name to keep an eye out for is Devonta Henry Cole. He had a very nice spring because Moss was banged up. Shine didn't play. Um, but he's very shifty. Um, but he, he's kind of like a bowling ball. He, he's small, but um, he's very hard to bring down. He, he was very intriguing. Um, but it, it's going to be very much running back by committee. Um, but it's talent, a lot of talent. And it's young talent, too, which is very, uh, which is very promising for the running back core going into the future. All right, so let's uh, kind of wrap this up here. We're going. We don't want to exceed uh, like the twenty minute mark too often on these things. But so any um, let's be let's be real here. Utah's going to beat San Jose State. We could both admit that now in May, right? There's no hiding yeah. behind it. It just kind of yeah, depends he's... how how much. Yeah. So, uh, oh man. Go ahead, Jeremy. No, no. One thing I want to. I'm wondering if Utah could break a sack record of this game because San Jose State's offensive line last year. I believe I should have the numbers in front of me, but their starter gave up or not even starter. I think they gave up four or five sacks almost per game overall. I mean, it could have been like 30 plus sacks for the year. Um, didn't Utah have like 10 sacks last year? Cause remember that game was pretty ugly early on because they brought it the backup uh, to avoid more further injury. <laughs> yeah. They, they had 10 or 11. They got to him pretty good, but well, we that. Slow starting <laughs> in that game too. It was all second half, wasn't it? Like eight second half yeah. sacks, I believe, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they they opened up the can pretty good in the second half and and shut things down there in that fourth quarter. Well, that happened again. <laughs> yeah, I I would anticipate it happening sooner though, with it being at Rice Eccles. Um, just, just that defense when they're at home and they can smell blood in the water, um, it, it, especially against an undermanned team, they they'll just wreck shop. Um, I would expect Utah to to roll over San Jose State. I don't know how much better San Jose State's going to be going into this next year um, as they were last year. They put up a pretty decent fight there for about a quarter and a half um, down in San Jose, but um, I would expect Utah to roll over them pretty good. And I, I'd expect Lowell. And, uh, th- this is the kind of game where Kylie Fitz coming off a foot injury um, should be licking his chops to kind of get, you know, I it's disrespectful to say like a scrimmage type action, but um, – <laughs> To where he'll be able to get some some live action um, that's a little bit better than um, North Dakota, you know, two weeks prior. But it'll be a nice a, uh, a nice game to get him ready for conference play for sure. No, that's fair because San Jose State has a new head coach in. They they have a new quarterback. The guy Josh Luff, he played a, a little bit last year, but they have a couple decent running back, like one decent running back who 
had like just over 500 yards, but they're nothing special. They're rebuilding. There's a reason you bring in a new head coach. And so yeah, didn't they have like an eight year starting running back or something too great? They, that was something nuts. Some guy, I think it's yeah, De- Deontay Cooper. I think he came from Washington, but had like seven or eight years yeah. of eligibility total. Something crazy about that. But he's yeah. he's gone, and he wasn't even their leading rusher. He was they had two guys who had about five something each. So there there's not much going on for them at the moment. New like a new quarterback, essentially new head coach, new staff. The guy, the coach they have Brent Brennan's back. He was at San Jose State before as assistant, but the most exciting thing, if you watch the game, you'll probably see some clip or mention of their running backs coach Alonzo Carter doing the MC Hammer dance because he was part of Hammer's crew back in the day. So that's probably oh, the right most on. exciting thing. That's the most exciting thing you'll probably hear about this game if it's 40 to 10, some blowout late in the second half. Assuming Pac 12 Network will have this game, they'll bring yeah. up that footage from a practice or talk about that when they need to, to fill, fill airtime. But if Spartans can keep it within. 20 points is probably a kind of sort of a victory for them. I'd say if they could keep it within three, three touchdowns would be, I think they'd be okay with that. And I think ideally now, now the trick, the trick slash trap with this game is it comes right after the BYU game, um, which will happen the week prior. And Utah's traditionally had uh, a pretty good hangover coming off of that game. Um, so that, that will be a little bit tricky with that emotion coming off of that. But, um, I know a lot of Utah fans, kind of their, their, I would say, their ideal vision for this game is to just absolutely open up a can in that first half and then have all backups in the second half. Because Utah struggled with that a little bit with um, some of these smaller division or, or smaller conference opponents in previous years. Is You know, a lot of fans want to see them just absolutely open up and just take them to the woodshed early on. And then usually they don't do that until sometime in the second half, and that just becomes troubling to fans. And um, I think coaches would like to see that as well, to where they can get the young guys in there and really get them some real good game action. Yeah, because I remember last year there was concern about only beating Southern Utah 24-0. to Yeah, yeah. And- uh, it's been like that for about four or five years. There'd be a uh, – whether it was, oh, shoot, Idaho State, you know, five or six years ago, Montana State, you know, that just – they kind of just let these teams kind of hang around. I don't want them to hang around because they're winning by, you know, four scores. But at the same time, it just doesn't look right. And so I think a lot of fans want to kind of have that eyeball test. Say, okay, this looks right. Yeah, get up 21-0, 28-3, and then just kind of win 35-10 or something. That's fine. You don't want yeah. to be too close in that. So, Shane, thanks for uh, joining us this off season. We're as we're going through as many teams as possible. So check out your stuff at blocku.com for – summer football we're, we're trying to keep busy during the off season here we'll make it together yeah it, it, cool. it's it's a it's a rough 100 days let's just make it let's yeah if, even though it's 100 days it's still even if you include camp the first week of camp is not much so we'll get there but thanks for hopping on and we'll we'll see what happens in the uh, third week of september and one more time that was shane roberts from blocku.com they cover everything university of utah they're on Twitter, of course, at BlockU, same as Facebook. So if you want to do some research, Spartans fans, go get to know the flow. Go check out their website, their Facebook page, all sorts of uh, content coming out. I'm assuming they'll start doing their off-season preview sort of things, looking at quarterbacks, a bigger deep dive into running backs, wide receiver. And he's right in this game. Like We're not kidding ourselves. San Jose State's likely not going to win. The best hope is to not give up double-digit sacks last year like San Jose State did. Josh Love had a couple of those as he was uh, put in the second half to uh, protect the starter there before. So he came in to kind of a 
not be the punching bag, but you didn't want to, to have a million sacks going up against uh, Kenny Potter there. He got his head banged in a lot last year. But So let's hope with uh, the new staff, the new players on the team, like I said, Josh Love, new quarterback, the running back uh, should be a little bit different situation this year. Offensive line, that's what when we do our big season preview for Spartans will probably be our focus. But that's our show again for these off-season uh, podcasts where we, we got lined up coming up soon. We'll have Washington State this week. We'll have BYU talking to the guys at Vanquish Defoe as the Cougars play, I believe, six Mountain West teams. So you get a heavy dose of the Cougars uh, this year throughout the season, second half mostly, when they take on what, Boise, UNLV. Oh, geez, who else do they got on the schedule? Um, everybody, Hawaii. They got like half the conference playing the Cougars this year. So look out for that upcoming soon and again check out our website mwcconnection.com like our page on facebook we want to get to 3,000 likes we're extremely close and as always tell your friends if you like the show if you have some utah friends listening to this they stumbled across it let them know san jose state fans let obviously if you're listening to this you're a spartan fan to some level let them know about this hey here's a preview on utah to get to know them here's some more info on the on the utes we'll be uh, looking to get south florida as well as they play uh San Jose State this year, but thanks for listening. And as always, yeah, we're biased against your team, folks.